Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I'm answering your questions. Anytime you submit questions on my social media, they could end up on this podcast. Let's dive into today's question. Hello. Okay. This question came up and I knew I had to instantly make it into a podcast episode. So it is Saturday morning here. I literally just rolled out of bed to come record this episode and it's got to be quick because I got to get to the gym actually this morning for a class. So what the question was is this parent was describing how their three-year-old who is non-speaking and was stimming in a restaurant, how there were older children that were making fun of this child. And the mom's question is like, what do I do in that situation when someone is very visibly making fun of my autistic child? And keep in mind, her child can't advocate for himself. And I love this question. And first off, and she even said this, she's my mama heart hurts so much. And y'all, yeah, these are the really hard times with autism. And the irony in all of this is it's not autism causing the problem. It's the world's acceptance of autism that is causing the problem. And so I wanted to share with you what I recommended to her with all of this. So what I told her is that ultimately, first and foremost, it isn't your responsibility to teach other people about autism. You don't have to take on that personal burden. You can choose to take on the person burden. And I call it a burden, again, not because the autism, it's not your child, it's the world's acceptance of autism and of neurodiversity and of differences that becomes the burden. And that you as a parent are the one that are having to teach other children about this. And so first and foremost, I want you to know that this is an intentional choice. You get to make this decision. And it is a thousand percent okay if you make the choice not to do this, not to advocate. Maybe your emotionally in a space where you can't do this. And and what I would recommend in that situation, if you decide not to say something, go home and give yourself time to feel all the feelings. And actually, it isn't even true that if you don't decide to say something that you need to do this. I'm going to say this generally now that I'm saying it out loud. Make sure when you go home, you give yourself time and space to actually feel these feelings. I think that is so incredibly important because this is really hard. And one of the things with emotions is we want to be able to fix them. But that's not what emotions are designed for, right? And the reality is there's nothing you can do to fix the pain of this. And so even with advocating, I don't think that you're fixing the pain with this. Instead, what you're trying to do is help those children learn for the future why they shouldn't be making fun or teasing your autistic child. It helps them to learn. And I do believe that one of the ways that we're going to 
get more acceptance of autism is by talking about it more. But again, keep in mind, this is your choice, your decision. The other thing is I want to remind you that if you choose not to do this, it's going to be super, super important that when you get home, when you are in the car driving home, you're reflecting on this, that you don't shame yourself for not stepping up in this moment. You were doing the best of your abilities in that moment, and you need to remember that. Hindsight is 2020. It's easy to be like, oh, I should have said something. And so let's dive into what I would recommend you actually saying. Number one tip is you have to do this calmly. So basically, my understanding of this question is um, this mom's son was stimming, and then the there were older girls in the booth next to them who were mocking that and stimming themselves in response. And my guess is it was clear there was giggling and all of that. And so number one is to be calm. If you come at this from this like really fiercely protective emotional state, what that's going to do is it's not going to sink in in the same way. It's going to be easy for those children or even their parents to write it off as, oh, well, that parent just overreacted. And it's sad. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is likely possible. So being really calm. And one of the things is helping these kids to understand what autism is, what neurodiversity is. And I think it does two things. One, when your child sees you advocating for them in this way, it allows them to feel safe. It allows them to feel accepted. And number two is that if over time they develop the skill set to be able to advocate for themselves, meaning they're able to speak, they're able to understand the advocacy piece, they've seen it modeled over and over again. So they're going to be, they're going to know how to do this even more because kids, again, I've said this episode after episode, kids learn through modeling. So in a calm state, it's it could look something like this. I see that you see my son stimming. He does that because it helps his body to feel calm. He has autism. Have you ever heard of autism? And what this does, rather than being like, why are you mocking my son's stimming or don't do that, that puts that other person on defense. This allows for a collaborative conversation. So this is taking us way back to another episode. I believe it's episode six. We're in the the 70s, y'all, right now. So this was a while ago. But it was like what to do when your circle is unsupportive. I talked about this same strategy that you want to come at conversations like this with a collaborative approach. And so again, I'll repeat this. It's I see that you see my son stimming. He does that because it helps his body to feel calm. He has autism. Have you ever heard of autism? So what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I noticed this. You're explaining the function of the behavior, why he does it. You're acknowledging the autism and then you're inviting them into a conversation to talk about autism. And this allows you to do some education. These kids might be like, no, I've never heard of that or yes, I have. And what it does is it helps bring their awareness that what they're seeing is autism. It helps them connect that. And as the conversation goes, you might wrap it up with something like this. 
I know you didn't know better, but when you do X, so you're going to describe what their behavior is, it's making fun of my son's disability. All of our brains think differently, and I hope you can be more accepting of those differences in the future. So this is at the end that you're, you're providing that corrective feedback and also helping to build their awareness and acceptance. But this is after you've already had this collaborative conversation about autism. So I'll read this one more time. I know you didn't know better, but when you do X, so it might be like when you look at my son stimming and you start doing it and laughing with each other, it's making fun of my son's disability. All of our brains think differently, and I hope you can be more accepting of those differences in the future. So this approach, again, we're coming at it from a collaborative approach with the goal of teaching them about neurodiversity and autism and building acceptance. And one of the things, generally speaking, is kids themselves are pretty open to learning about things like this and making pivots and accepting differences. And one of the things too, I should have said this in the beginning, that if their parent is there, you might look at their parent first and be like, hey, my my son is autistic. I would love for this to be a teaching opportunity about autism. I, I see that your kids notice my kids stimming. So trying not to use accusatory language. I see that your kids see that my son is stimming. Would you be open to me providing some education about autism? And it's okay if the kids overhear that too, but you're asking permission. And I do want to remind you that it's all about a calm state. If you come at this, and it's okay to have big emotions. So this This is where you might decide, ooh, can I do this calmly? And it's, no, I can't right now. That is okay. So what you're going to do instead is you're just going to sit there or you can also pick your son up and remove him. Or you could say something of, and not in a directed attacking way to this other family, you could say something like, yeah, you're stimming. I know that makes you feel so happy. That type of language is just going to normalize it right there. And it takes away some of the power of those other kids mocking. It's a little less of a teaching opportunity, and that's okay. So you have to decide and check in with your emotional state. Because if you come at this from a really emotional state, then more likely than not, it's not going to be well well received. So two additional tips as I wrap up this episode, because I got to get ready to go to the gym on this Saturday morning. I know this is airing on a Friday, but I recorded it on Saturday morning, is number one is this is hard to do, right? Especially to do in a calm state. So what I would recommend doing practicing this a lot. So start off by practicing it in the mirror, talking it out loud. And obviously you're not going to have the same emotion, but that's okay. You then can move to practicing it with family and friends. And you can even tell them, hey, I want to be equipped and ready to go when the situation arises. Can I practice this with you? And then you also have the opportunity that if your son is stimming, for example, or something pops up where there's not as much emotion with it to be like, oh yeah, that's, remember, that's one of my son's autistic traits. That's why he's doing that. Or like in a safe circle, I actually have a reel on this where I was talking about this, like how to talk to your friend group and your children's friends, parents about autism as well. And some of it is having direct conversations and normalizing it. So that's a great way to practice. The other 
thing that you could consider doing that if you are just an, an a naturally emotional person, you could potentially like make up like a little card that you hand out that says, my child has autism. Here's what autism is. Here's how autism appears for my son or my daughter. I'm using son in this episode because this mama had a son. And what this could do is instead of saying, saying all of this, it could look like you handing this card to the parent and saying, hey, I see that your kids notice my son's stimming. And you might be like, here's a little card explaining why he's he's doing it. I would love if you would share that with your children too. Because what becomes important in our world is that the next generation, yes, we want adults to learn. But more importantly, I think is the next generation learning about autism and neurodiversity and how to be accepting of differences. And so what that means is that parents of neurotypical children need to take on this mission too in educating their children. All right, y'all. I better get going. That's a wrap for this episode. But like I said, I was – this mom asked this question. I responded and I was like, we need to do an episode on this because this is hard. This hurts your parent heart, your mom heart, your dad heart, your any caregiver heart. It can hurt so much when this situation comes up. And I think it's so difficult to know how to respond to something like this. So I wanted to have an episode that could equip you for this. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. I've said this before. In general, I love hearing your thoughts. But come to my Instagram and tell me how do you respond to something like this? What you're going to see on my Instagram, which is linked in the show notes, but it's the period, DR period, Tay, is I will promote this episode. And what we can do actually is have a post where there's an ongoing conversation about that. So come to that post, or really it will be on any of my social medias. Come to that post, comment, let me know what you do in a situation like this, because I'd love to hear, I'd love for other parents to be able to learn from you as well and you to be able to learn from other parents. And this can be an ongoing continued conversation. All right, y'all, that is a wrap and I will see you back here on Monday. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.